If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. We are in a series here where we are going through the book of Jonah. I have told you um, that at least twice a year, I try to take us as a church through a book of the Bible or at least a large section of the Bible that we can learn. How many know when you come to church, you should learn about the Bible, right? Um, So we are in this series on the book of Jonah, and Jonah has been teaching us about our calling, our assignment in God, and God's amazing grace that he offers towards us. In the first message, we looked at verses 1 through 4, and I came and I spoke to you from the topic of running from the call running from the call. Today, we're going to cover verses 5 through 17, and I want to talk to you from the topic or from the thought, throw it overboard. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Neighbor. throw it overboard. overboard. Look at your neighbor on the other side and say, neighbor, Neighbor. you need to throw it overboard. Get that in your spirit. Listen, God has some things that he has purpose and destined for your life. But in order to walk in it, there are times to where you have to throw some things that are holding you down overboard. And that's something that Jonah is going to teach us about this morning. Now, in order for me to explain what's going on in the passage of text that we're going to be looking at, I have to review verses one through four because verses one through four Uh, firms or puts together the foundation for verses 5 through 17, and it really serves as a foundation for understanding the entire book of Jonah, right? So I want to first quickly review verses 1 through 4, because you got to get this if you're going to understand what I'm trying to say this morning. In Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, the Lord comes to Jonah, and he calls him. He comes to him, and he says, I want you to go to Nineveh, And I want you to go there and cry out against this city for their wickedness has come before me. This is your assignment. This is your calling. Calling means assignment. I want you to go and do this and preach and cry out to them and tell them about the wickedness things that they are doing. And in these first two verses, God teaches us at least two things about calling. Number one, you need to understand this is that your calling from God is progressive. Look at your neighbor and say progressive. Number one, every person has a calling from God. If you have been saved and you declare Jesus Christ to be your Lord, you have a calling or you have an assignment. No one in the body of Christ is in the body of Christ with nothing to do. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are doing nothing in the body, you are out of order. Everyone has an assignment, listen, and your calling or your assignment is progressive. What do I mean by progressive? What I mean is as you finish one calling, you move to the next calling. But if you don't finish the first one, you don't walk in the second one. 
The Bible says, if you remember, Jonah was first initially called to be a prophet, and when he initially went out, he prophesied to the nation of Israel. Do you remember we talked about that in 2 Kings, I believe, chapter 14? The Bible says that when Jonah was originally called, he was called to be a prophet to Israel. So he went and he prophesied to Jeroboam, and he told him what was going to happen. But after he fulfilled that calling, after he had did what God ordered him to do, we come to the book of Jonah, and God is no longer calling him to the nation of Israel. He's now being sent to a foreign nation. He's now being sent to another nation, which was not really done in the Old Testament. The prophets of God were normally sent to the house of Israel, or if they were sent to another nation, they surely weren't going there to talk to them. They were going there to declare judgment upon them. But Jonah finished his first assignment, and now God is calling him to the next assignment. You've got to understand with the things of God, you start off at one place, and when you do that, God takes you to the next place. That means you don't get to the high calling until you first do the first calling. Many times people look at Bishop Jakes, I use him all the time, and they see him preaching to millions of people around the world. And they see that as his calling, but you don't understand that his first calling was digging ditches out in the field. His first calling was was ministering to a small church of 50 people. But until he finished that and did his first calling right, you never get to the millions. Come on, somebody. You got to first do your first call and wherever God calls you to minister to, and then he takes you to the next one. David, we all look at him as the king of Israel. How many know David was the king of Israel? But before he became the Israel, his first assignment was a shepherd boy. Come on, somebody. You don't get to the king until you first serve as a shepherd. Before he ever became king, he started as a shepherd, and then he went to start serving for Saul. Come on, somebody. And then he went to fight Goliath. That was his next assignment or his next calling. Before he ever became king, he had to first assign where he was. And the assignment that God has for us, you need to understand, you have an assignment. Everybody has an assignment, but you first got to do one before you get to the next one. Some of us are already disgruntled because you feel you should be doing more with God, but you need to first do what God has called you to do where you're at. Watch So everybody has a calling, and it's progressive. As you do one, God leads you to the next one. You don't get the super anointing until you first do little anointing. You don't get the great faith until you first take the first step in little faith. So we know that everyone has a calling, it's progressive. But then number two, we also know that you don't determine what the calling is. Let me ask you a question. Who determined that Jonah was going to go to Nineveh? Come on, somebody. You got to follow along with me. You see the verses. Who determined that Jonah was going to go to Nineveh? Who called him? Who determined that he was to go there? It wasn't Jonah. It was. And you got to understand that the calling that God has for you is not determined by you. Boy, hang on with me. It's not determined by you. See, many of us are led because we want to do what we feel that God has called us to do. But how many of you know that what you want to do is not always what God wants you to do? We got people right now saying that God has called me to sing. And you don't even sound good in the shower. The water in the shower won't turn on because you sound so bad. But you down there with Sister Sandra talking about I'm anointed. God has called me to sing. Some of y'all say that you anointed to cook and you can't melt cheese. But, but, Pastor, I just like to cook. I just, I just, I, I, but that may not necessarily be the calling that God has for you to do. Yeah. 
So you have a calling, but God determines what it is. So watch this. The Bible says that God comes to Jonah and he gives him an assignment. He, he gives him some instructions. And when you looked in verse 3, Jonah heard the call. He understood what the call was. But instead of obeying the call of what God told him to do, Jonah decided that I don't want to do that. Do you see that there in verse 3? The Bible says, instead of Joseph getting up to arise to go to Nineveh, which was in the east, he arose and he went to Tarshish, which was as far west as you could go. Watch this. Jonah decided, even though that God had ordered him to do something, he didn't want to do it. And the Bible says he didn't want to do it. He fled because he thought he could run away from the calling that God had given him. Some of us in here right now are running away from the calling of God. But how many know that you can't run from the calling of God? You can't run from the presence of God. Whatever God has called you to do, he's always going to be there. His presence is always going to be in the room. Why? The Bible says in Psalms 139, verse 7, he says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, guess what? You are there. And if I make my bed in hell... Behold, you are there. You can't run from the presence of God. Whatever God calls you to do something, no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to escape it. Watch this. So God calls Jonah, and he says, I want you to minister to the people in Nineveh. But Jonah says, I don't want to go to them people. Why? Because I don't like those people. I don't like dealing with those people. Why did Jonah not want to go there? Well, we learned in the first message that Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria. Assyria was the arch enemy of Israel. It was one of their biggest foes. It's like in, in a wartime, if we're in war with Russia and you go into the capital city of Russia, how many know that would probably be a no-no? So Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't like those people. They were at war with those people. And not only that, the Bible says in the book of Nahum, I believe it was chapter 3, we looked at it last time, that Nineveh was some of the cruelest, wickedest people you ever want to see. When they would conquer people, they would take their corpses and leave them out in the streets and bodies was everywhere. They were some of the most wicked people you would ever see. But the Bible teaches us about calling is, is that sometimes when God calls you to do something, you have to remember he will call you to deal with people that you don't want to deal with. Oh, come on, somebody. He's going to call you to lead a small group with some people you don't want in your small group. He's going to call you to. <laughs> have some meetings with some people who always show up late and. People who say they're going to do something and they don't do it, they're not dependable. Come on, somebody. I see a few laughs, so I know I know it's hitting somewhere. God, your calling will cause you to have to deal with some people that you don't want to deal with. But listen, here's the thing you got to understand about your calling. Your calling, remember we talked about this last time, your calling is never about you. Watch this. When God called Jonah to go there, he did not ask him if he wanted to go. He didn't ask him what his opinion was about it. He says, I have something that I need you to do. I want you to go. The problem with us, when God tells you to do something, we put too much of us in it. Well, I don't want to really do that. I really don't like dealing with Erica Jackson. She can be a little, you know, I really don't like Chantel. She's too quiet. She don't talk enough. And so we come up with all of these excuses of why we won't do what God tells us to do. Now watch there in verse 4. 
Jonah decides to run. And if you look there in verse 4, God responds. You must understand this. Listen to what I'm saying. You will not understand the rest of this if you don't clue in here. The Bible says God responds to Jonah's disobedience. Verse 4, it says that the Lord sent a what? A great wind. You need to understand this is not a natural storm. Satan did not send this storm. We talked about this last time. Every storm that comes up in your life is not ordered by Satan. Satan did not send this storm. God himself sent the storm. Now understand this and listen to what I'm about to say. Why did God send the storm? You must clue in on this if you're going to understand what I'm, where I'm headed. Why was the storm there? Why did God send the storm? Listen, he sent the storm because he asked Jonah to do something. Jonah didn't want to do it. He refused and he ran in rebellion. He bought a ticket to Tarshish and then God sent the storm. Did you get that? You, I, I need you to understand this. Why did the storm come? The storm came because God asked Jonah to do something. Jonah said, I don't want to do it. He ran and then the storm came. Now, the point is that you need to understand it is that Jonah is in a state of rebellion. You need to understand that God had given him clear instructions of what he wanted him to do, but Jonah didn't want to do it. And when Jonah ran, it was like a spiritual APB was called out on him. Y'all know what an APB is? All points bulletin. And the storm was the U.S. Marshals coming to get him and to arrest him. Do you understand what's going on? See, you need to understand, watch this. When God instructs you to do something, his command is not optional. Listen to me. When God calls you or commands you to do something, see, a lot of times we think that when God asks you to do something, it's if I want to do it. It's if I desire to do this. But you got to understand, whenever God commands you to do something, it is not optional. In fact, Romans chapter 11, verse 29 says this. Look at it. Verse 29, for the gifts and the calling of God are what? Wait a minute, somebody need to read that again. Read that again. For the gifts and the calling of God are what? What does irrevocable mean? It means that his command doesn't change just because you don't want to do it. You need to get that. When God commands you, instructs you to do something, it's like you can go for 10, 15, 20 years and you got a spiritual APB out on you. Why? Because you're talking about the God of all gods, the king of all kings. He don't give idle instructions. He doesn't give idle commands. When God says do something, it's not optional. How many know when you get called for jury duty, it's not optional? I got called for jury duty. I got to go in a couple weeks there, and them people sent me a letter. And when I read the letter, it didn't say, if you desire to come to the jury duty, come on in. You know what them people told me? They say, you will report here on this date, and if you're not here on this date, we coming to send them boys after you. You need to understand, watch this, when God, call, when he commands you, he calls you to do something. I don't care what it is, teach Sunday school, lead a youth group, whatever it is, it's not optional. The God of all gods has called you to do something. 
And when you don't do it, watch this, you are in a state of rebellion. I know you don't want to hear that. Listen, you're in a state of rebellion. Now watch this, watch this. I need you to understand. Why did the storm come? The storm came because God gave Jonah some instructions. Jonah didn't want to do it. Jonah ran, and because Jonah ran, God sent the storm. Do you understand that? Watch this. Now, in verse 5, we get introduced to the mariners. Do you see that? Who are the mariners? The mariners are the trained and experienced sailors whose job it was to take people back and forth. You understand? The mariners are the ones who, they're like, we, we just came back from a marriage retreat cruise uh, this past week. They're, they're like the Royal Caribbean. All the people on the boat who, who, who takes you from one destination to another destination. They sail that path from Joppa to Tarshish all the time. That's what they do. You remember it says that he bought a ticket. He paid the fare. Watch this. So it was their job to take them from here to, to, to Tarshish, right? But here's the problem. The mariners are helping Jonah cross the sea. They're helping Jonah get from Joppa to Tarshish. But watch this. In doing so, they are unknowingly assisting him in running from what God has told him to do. Do you see that? Whether they know it or not, now they are assisting Jonah from running from what God has told them to do. At this point, they don't know what's going on, but they're running him. Now, here's the question that I have. What happens to a person when you assist someone who is breaking the law? Whether you know it about it or not, when you help someone who is running from the law, you actually can become an accomplice to the crime. Watch this. And the punishment or the judgment that they get, you actually come on you. Come on, somebody. Watch this. When them U.S. Marshals come through the door with guns blazed, you up in there, you better get on the ground or you liable to get shot too. Pastor, I don't have anything to do with it. But you're helping them to do something of which God has told them not to do. See, you have to remember, watch this, watch this. Why did the storm come? The storm came because God, God told Jonah something to do. Jonah didn't want to do it, so he ran. Watch this. And now these individuals are trying to help Jonah, whether they knew it or not. They're helping him to actually run from God. And watch what they are getting. Here's the point. Watch what they are getting while they're trying to help him run from God. Do you see the verse there? It says, because they are helping him, they were afraid. Anybody see that? It says that they were afraid, or can I use another word for it? They stressed out. They're crying unto their God for relief from the storm that is causing their stress, and they are casting out their wares or their stuff to lighten it. Do you see that there? They're getting rid of all their stuff to lighten it. Now, why are they doing it again? They're doing that because the storm is there because of what Jonah did. Do you see it? Because Jonah is rebelling against God. They're on there trying to fight to keep this ship alive. Watch this. And some of us are so stressed out and crying out because you are so busy trying to help someone who refuses to do what God has told them to do. I came to talk to somebody. Some storms people go through is simply because they don't want to change. I had someone who used to always come to me and ask me for money. Anybody got somebody like that? And uh, I used to try to help them until I finally learned that some people are the way how they are simply because they don't want to change. You know, they, they don't want to get on a budget. 
they, they don't want to manage their money. And so what they do is, because they don't want to change, they go out and do what they want to do. And then when they get in a mess, they come and expect you to bail them out. And now they stress of what they have called becomes my stress. And that's what's going on here in Jonah. Some of us are taking care of some people and running behind people, and you got some Jonas in your life. Listen, you, you the person I came to talk to. You got some Jonas in your life who are bringing stress and drama all because they will not do what God has told them to do. Watch this. Look, 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 look what the text says. While all this is going on, watch this, while they are stressed out, while they are crying out to God, watch this, while they're throwing all their good stuff off the ship. How I many you know it says that they're throwing all their wares and stuff? That means all their cargo. They're throwing off all their money. They're throwing off all their time. They're throwing off all their resources. They're throwing off all this stuff off the ship. Why? They're trying to keep this ship going. But look, guess what happened? What is, what is Jonah doing during this time? Wait a minute. I hope you see what's going on. These people doing everything they can. They're crying out to God. They're stressed out. Everywhere they go, they're always trying to get something done. They're trying to keep the boat going. And what does the Bible say Jonah is doing? In verse 5, it says that Jonah was down in the ship fast. It says he's asleep. He's not stressed out. He ain't throwing none of his stuff overboard. Come on, somebody. He ain't crying out to God. He down in the bottom of the ship chilling. And some of us here are stressing yourself out, throwing all your resources off the ship, all your money, all your time, trying to save somebody who is fast asleep on the boat. Come on, somebody. But see, you got to come to grips with why the storm is there and how to stop it, or you'll keep throwing your stuff away forever. Listen, remember, the storm was there because God asked Jonah to do something. He refused and he ran, and the storm was to punish him for his disobedience. That's why it's there in the first place. Until you recognize why the storm is there, you'll never get free. Watch this. This teaches us an important lesson. Watch this. When a person is choosing to disobey God, listen, when a person is choosing to disobey God, If you try to save them without them seeing their need to change, you are not helping them. Listen, you're not helping them. Let me ask you a question. The mariners are throwing all their stuff off the boat. They're stressed out. They're crying out to God. They're doing all this stuff. Can I ask you a question? Did that stop the storm? Did did that cause Jonah to change or anything? Watch this. And some of you need to understand, you can throw all your stuff, your time, your money, everything into trying to fix and save somebody. But until they recognize that they are running from what God has told them to do, it's never going to change. Watch this. Watch this. you got to recognize what's causing the problem. Look there in verse 6. Watch this. Watch the story now. Watch the text. The Bible says that the shipmasters finally realized something was going on. They came to him and said, what meanest thou, O sleeper? You see that? Or can I say it this way? Man, what are you doing? (laughs) How can you sleep right now? Don't you see how stressed we are? We are calling out to our God for help. We're throwing all of our stuff overboard. We are doing everything that we can do to keep this board up. Here's the question. Why aren't you doing 
anything. Why aren't you stressed? I'm doing everything that I, anybody know somebody like that? Am I preaching to myself in here? Do you find it amazing that sometimes when you're trying to help somebody, you stress, you working three shifts, you doing all this, and they at home sleep in the bed? You better figure out what's going on. Listen, they figured out something was wrong, so it says they decided to cast lots. Do you see that? Lots was this the ancient way of trying to discern the gods, what the gods were saying. So just think of it this way. They took some dice, they rolled the dice, and if the dice came up with your number, then you were the person who was at fault, right? So it says that they took some dice, they cast a lot, and it says that the lot came up on Jonah. Do you understand what's going on? And so the Bible says when it came up on Jonah, they figured out something was wrong, so they started asking him questions. Where did you come from? Who are you? What was your occupation? All of these types of things. Watch this. And probably the most important revelation of everything you about to hear in this text comes there in this next verse. Don't miss this. Look there in verse 9. The Bible says that Jonah tells them he is a Hebrew. I am a servant of the Most High God. Watch this. And the Bible says that he tells them that he was running from what God told him to do. Do you see that? Don't miss that. It says that he told them that he was running from God. Watch this. That means he knew what he was doing. Come on, somebody. Listen, here's, here, here's the thing you got to understand. See, a lot of people you trying to fix and say know exactly what they're doing. See, see, it's one thing when you don't know what you're doing that you need to help somebody. But there's a lot of people who know exactly what they're doing. They just don't want to change. Watch this. The Bible says that Jonah told them, watch this, exactly what he was doing. Look there in verse 11. So then the mariners then asked, they says, well, what do we need to do to stop the storm? Here's the most important question. They're stressed out. I'm almost broke. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm throwing all my stuff overboard. I'm wasting all my time. I'm working three, four shifts. I'm doing all this stuff to try to keep this thing going on. What do we need to do to stop the storm? How do I get this stress? off of me. Watch there in verse 12. This is powerful. Notice what Jonah tells them. Verse 12, and he said unto them, take me up, cast me forth into the sea, then shall the storm be calm unto you. Watch this. He says, for I know. Look at somebody say, I know. I know, I know that for my sake. Do you see that? He says, I know that for my sake, what? This great storm is what? Upon Boy, I hope you see that. He said, I, I, I know that it's my fault. Watch this. I, I know that because of me, you going through all this heck. I ain't going to say hell because y'all get real spiritual. You, you know, uh, uh, I know that it's because of me that you're going through all of this stuff. Watch this. That tells you at least two things. Watch this. First, Jonah knew why the storm was there. Don't be no fool. See, a lot of times people know exactly why they're going through what they're going through. He knew, watch this, he knew that the storm was upon them because he was running from God. Watch this. So, so, so notice what's going on. Here's what I want you to see. He saw them stressed out. 
Do you see it? He saw them crying out to their gods. He saw them throwing all their stuff away on board the ship. He saw them working three and four jobs. He saw how stressed they were. They couldn't sleep. He saw how everything that was going on in their life, watch this, and he knew why it was happening, but he didn't do anything. Do you see that? Jonah wasn't ignorant. He saw everything that was going on, but he didn't do anything about it. Why? Why didn't he? Listen, he saw it, but he never did anything. Why didn't he do anything? Because he didn't want to change. I don't know if anybody's seen that. He, he knows that the storm is because he's running from God. Well, if you don't want the storm to stop, why don't you just stop? The reason why he didn't do anything is because he didn't want to change. He didn't want to do what God had told him to do. Watch this. He was fine with you being stressed out. He was tired with you going to work. He was fine with you being all stressed, crying out to your God, throwing all your stuff overboard, as long as I don't have to. Watch this. And you got some people who know what they're doing wrong. Watch this. And they, they, they know what they need to change, but they ain't going to change it as long as you As long as you pay my rent. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know that God told me to get on a budget, but as long as you fill it in for me whenever I get broke, then everything is good, right? There's, there's really no problem, right? He had no reason to change. The second thing that it shows us, if you look at the startling point of later part of that text, watch this. It says he even knew, watch this, he even knew how to stop the storm. Listen, not only did he know why the storm was there, the text says that he knew how to stop the storm. Watch this. And some people that you try, watch this. Notice what he said. He said, if you throw me overboard, then will the storm. Does anybody see that? He says, if you, if you throw me overboard, watch this. He says, if you throw me overboard, the storm will stop. See, if some of you have some people that you are taking of, taking care of, that you're trying to fix, that you're trying to help. Watch this, but they won't help themselves. See, listen, here's one thing that I'm learning about church folk and just people in general is that people know, most of the time, people know what they need to change to get better. Anybody, anybody got any witnesses in here? They, 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 they know what they need to change. I, I mean, uh, um, you know, if, if, if you keep meeting the wrong man, um, unless something is going on with your brain, then you know that probably the place where you're going is not. Come on, somebody. Anybody in here? Um, if, if, if you keep being broke, and you ain't never got no money, then probably at some point it should click that maybe I need to do something different with my money, right? But here's the problem. People don't see the need to change as long as you keep fixing it. Here's a word for somebody. See, what's happening is the people that you're trying to fix and that you keep doing all this stuff for, they will never change as long as you keep doing it. 
Watch this, watch this. So the Bible says, look there, I'm, I'm getting ready, I'm, I'm, I'm closing down, watch this. The Bible says that the mariners now become aware that Jonah is the problem. Watch this. But they don't want to throw him overboard. Do you see that there? Even though he told them that he was the problem, he told them that he was running from God. It was clear. That's why the storm was there. The mariners still did not want to throw him over. And the problem is when you find out and a person knows what it is and you continue to keep helping them, you become a part of the thing that they're doing. Well, I don't know who I'm talking to. Watch this. When, when you've already explained to somebody that what you're doing is wrong, and that's why you're in all this mess, and they keep doing the same stuff, then at some point when you keep trying to bail them out, bail them out, give them more money, give them more this, give them more that, you're going to bankrupt yourself because you are going against the storm that God sent to correct the mess. Can I tell you that maybe that's why you broke all the time? Anybody ever been in a situation like that where you just pumping all your money into something and it seemed like you just, it, it ain't doing no good? I mean, you just got some Jonas in your life. Watch this. And, and, and they, they didn't want to throw them overboard. Listen, but you got to come to the revelation that the only way the storm stops is when the person makes a decision to stop doing what's causing the storm. I'm trying to think of something that I don't offend somebody. The closest thing that comes to me is, yeah, because I don't want to offend anybody. But the, the, the thing is, if, if you don't stop buying high-priced cars, you'll never have money. If you don't stop getting upset with your boss and walking off the job when you don't have another job lined up, you will always end up coming up short, right? And then you run into somebody else saying, Pastor, I need help this month. Why? Because I ain't got no money to pay my rent. Why don't you have any money? Well, I walked off my job. What in the world would you walk off your job for if you don't have another job? Well, I don't know. I just don't like that. Let me close with this. Let me close. Listen, I hope this is helping somebody. Listen, watch this. Verse 14, they finally realized that Jonah was the problem. They realized that God had ordained the storm, and no matter that what they did, it wasn't going to fix the problem. Watch this. And some of us, you got to understand that you can keep throwing money, your time, your resources, everything you want to do. But until that person recognizes that their problem is dis disobedience with God, it's never going to change anything. Watch what happens. In verse 15, they finally got tired and came to the decision, and they cried out to God and said, God, we've done everything I can for him. Come on, somebody. Listen, and sometimes, listen, see, you need to hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't help nobody. But what I am saying is when you keep helping somebody and you keep helping somebody and you keep helping somebody and they keep doing the same stupid stuff, because they won't bow down their knee to what's causing the problem in the first place. At some point, you got to lay up your hands and say, Lord, Lord, I've done all that I can. And I'm going to turn them over to you. Watch this. 
And then you see what they did? The Bible says that they picked him up and they threw him off the boat. <laughs> Watch this. Now, here's the thing. If Jonah knew that if he would have got in the water, the storm would have stopped, the big question is, is why didn't Jonah just jump off the ship? Well, I think that's pretty clear because as long as they were throwing their stuff off the ship, as long as they were stressed out, why does Jonah have to get in the water? He don't got to do anything. Watch this. And the Bible says, which, whichever verse it is, it says, watch this, that when they threw Jonah in the water, guess what happened? Anybody got your Bible? See, that's a word for somebody. See, the storm in your life is raging. How do I get this storm to stop, Pastor? How do I get all this stress off of me? How do I get peace and joy back in my life? There's some Jonas in your life that you need to throw. Listen, I don't know who the Jonas are. Hear me very carefully. They can be a cousin, a mama, a dad. Oh, the amens down went down. A cousin, a mama, a daddy, a son, a daughter. Anybody ever had a son or daughter just drain your money? You ain't, you broke every time you turn around. You just got a blessing of a promotion, but it doesn't do you any good. Do you know why? Because you're fighting a storm that God, you can't beat God. Watch it. The Bible says that when they got rid of Jonah, the wind stopped. You see that? Immediately, it says, peace be still. Come on. How I many you know that sometimes when, when, when you start doing what God tells you to do, it's amazing the peace that comes in your life. See, and some of you, you're never going to get any peace until you get that Jonah done. I don't know who I'm talking to. There's some Jonas there. If you look carefully, you, you, you got to deal with them. Listen, the, the amazing thing about Jonah, watch this, it's not even so much that God stopped the storm. The amazing thing is God's amazing grace that he gave to the, to the, to the mariners and Jonah itself. Because, see, see, when you think about it, when you defy God, you should be instantly killed. See, that's why whenever we come into church, Nobody should have their hand down. Nobody should be in a position. You should immediately be like, thank you, Jesus. Ow! Ow! Thank you, Lord. Because the, the, the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, the moment you defy God, you should instantly be dead. Now, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to come out of the spirit for a minute. Some of y'all, any, anybody, you know, you've not seen a gangster movie before, haven't you? New York City? What, New York, New Jack City? New Jack City? Come on, somebody. Let me ask you something. I know some of my young people know. When you offended Nino Brown, what happened? Let me ask you a question. If you offend... Or do something to Vladimir Putin. Watch this. You, you know the truth, right? There's some things the U.S. can't protect you from. Watch this. If, if he want to get to you, he, he can get to you. Right? Now, we're talking about men, but what about the God of all 
gods, the God of all creation, the God that can wipe out a nation with just a snap of his finger. To defy that God should instantly demand death. But every time we mess up, God in his amazing grace still gives them a second chance. (laughs) They should have been dead. And the truth is, everybody in here should already be dead. You know what God forgave you from? You know what God brought you out of? You know every time that you disobey and, and wrongly discipline your children, you should be dead? Anybody in children in here with children right now should be raising your hand thanking Jesus. Because I know I got them and they. Sometimes I just want to. But it says when they threw Jonah overboard, that's when the peace came. Watch this. Let me let me close with this. See, I know some of you are concerned that pastor if I throw this person overboard, I, I love them. I, I don't want them to, to be hurt. You know what I mean? We're emotionally attached. And maybe it's a son, it's a daughter, whoever it is. And your concern is, well, Pastor, I don't want to throw them in the deep water. That, that sea out there is still tempestuous. They're going to drown. They're going to they're suffer. But here's the thing that you got to understand. When you look in verse 17, I want you to notice what the Bible says. The Bible says in verse 17, it says that God had prepared a fish, a great fish for him. Do you see that? The Bible says that God had prepared a great fish. Watch this. Before Jonah, while they was on the boat, God had already prepared a fish for him. Do you see that? See, and whether you know it or not, the person that you're afraid is going to drown, you need to understand that God already has something prepared to take care of that person. Watch this. See, see, if, if he would have stayed out there in the water... He would have drowned, right? If you way out there in the middle of the sea, how in the world are you going to get there? You're going to drown. But God had already made preparations to take care of him. And you need to understand, when you turn them over to God, God has prepared something that's going to take care of him and get him where he needs to go. Here's my concluding thought. Here's the problem. I want you to think about this. God had already prepared the fish that was going to take him out of the sea to the dry land. We're going to talk about that next week. Here's the problem. As long as they were on the ship throwing their stuff off, as long as they're on the ship trying to lighten it, as long as they're on the ship crying out to God to stop the ship from from, from doing all this and throwing them off, as long as they're doing all that, what are they preventing Jonah from doing? See, as long as you're assisting him and helping him, you're preventing him from getting to the fish that God has already prepared to mature him and get him where he needs to be. Watch this. So some of you may think that I'm doing him good by doing all of this, giving all my money, doing all this, but in the end, you're really not doing him any good. You're really preventing him from getting to the presence of God where he needs to be in the first place. Can I tell you something? See, there are some people who will never change unless they have a belly of the whale experience. There, it doesn't matter what, there are some people that will never change until they get in the belly of the, of the fish and they can't get out. The Bible says in, 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 in Proverbs, it says that a man's pride will bring him. Listen. Listen. 
And there's some people right now, whether they are a child, when they make the decision to disobey God, nothing you do is going to stop it. The only thing you can do after you've done all you can, after you've explained that you're disobeying God, after you're praying for him, at some point you have to say, I've done all that I can. But I ain't got no more money to give you. You you need to go through the camp of hard knocks. You, You need to come up. You need your belly of the well experience because as long as you prevent them from getting that, they're never going to change. Father, in the name of Jesus.